Hey everybody, welcome into episode 3 of the R&B Podcast. This is Ethan. And I am Dale. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to episode number 3 of the R&B Podcast, your real home for real NASCAR discussion. Got a not... I don't think we've got a, a ton to chew into as far as the race at Richmond goes today, but we'll get into the cup cars and the truck race from yesterday. That's right. We will certainly cover get those covered up. Uh, this is the first episode we're actually doing on Sunday night instead of Wednesday night. We are doing this uh, about an hour and a half post-race of the cup race. Obviously, we'll get to that, um, you know, big stirrings in that cup race with a surprise ending for those that never saw it. So we'll get to that in just a hot ticket. But just to kick off the show... Hope everybody's doing good. Hopefully everybody enjoyed the race and the weekend. The race weekend here, uh, Richmond, this week. Um, must say, um, seemed like the truck race definitely did not disappoint. I would I would kind of agree with that. What do you think? What can you, what more can you say outside of uh, KBM dominance? Four straight wins for the organization, second of the year for John Hunter Nemechek. Yeah, and that was a good that was a good run for him too. And we had alluded to him on the first episode of the podcast, you know, where we talked about our buddy Josh Biddle talking about how how John Hunter kind of dropped down to the uh, truck series, but I mean, it's turning out to be a really really good move for him. Two wins this year so far, especially in KBM equipment. I mean, you're expected to win in KBM equipment, but he's making the most of it for sure. Yeah, all you can do is make the most of the opportunity you've been given. And John Hunter, I mean, two wins already and a whole lot more season to go. I mean, there's no telling what he can do. I mean, he he had a decent run in even his family equipment, which compared to the backing that KBM has is not, you know, near in the same ballpark. So you knew he was going to he was coming into the season with high expectations for himself. And no reason he can't be a championship contender, and he's showing why early. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely, and he's definitely he's he's making his claim. I mean, he we knew he was a good we knew he was a good driver even when he was with his his father in Nemco, and you know now that he's got the full support and backing that he properly has, now he's he's showing it off, and he is not disappointing one bit. It is it is fun to watch. It is certainly fun to watch. However. Um, Kyle Busch definitely had his number there at the end, though, for sure. Like, he was he was tracking him down, and I, I did see – I didn't see the truck race a whole lot, but I did see the recap of the final two laps, and he was he was throwing everything but the kitchen sink at it. Kyle Busch, just like we said – just like we said in the, the second episode, you know, obviously we had our picks, but obviously one eyeball on Kyle Busch, and that obviously was not a surprise to see him doing what he did and trying to march up to the front. Oh, no question. I mean, anytime Kyle Busch is in a truck race, he's the odds-on favorite. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Uh, the man's just a devil behind the wheel of those. Yeah. Uh, that being said, uh, Tyler Ankrum finishing third, he's had just a straight-up shit season so far. And <laughs> tore up, I've seen him with tore-up equipment on more than one occasion. Uh, it's been a rough season for the 26 truck, but... I mean, third place at Richmond behind a couple of KBM trucks. That's nothing to sneeze at. Um, just to s- further put the icing on the KBM cake, uh, Chandler Smith came home fourth. So the whole organization was top four. Um, Bonnie Sauter, the uh, you know radioactive, uh, I mean, 
Let's see the hood ornament for that segment each week. Oh bless yeah, bless his heart. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> God bless Johnny you. Johnny Sauter with the top five. Um, good to see for uh, that Thor Sport truck. Absolutely, no, that's good, and it's good to see the Thor Sport still running good, even with the uh, Thor Sport ran what Chevrolets last year or Fords last year. I they mean, were in Fords last they year. They were in Fords, so it's good to see that they kind of jumped out of the. They they went from Ford to to Toyota. It looks like they kind of hit the ground running, which is. You know, tough to do every t- any time that you switch manufacturers, but you know it sounds like that they're definitely hitting the ground running. Honestly, Johnny Sauter is the the king of the radioactive every week. You know, kind of, but you know, a good run for him. Uh, ben Rhodes seventh. Honestly, got to say, a little bit surprised that it was that he was seventh. I, I really thought he would be a little bit better, a little bit quicker than that. Uh, Grant Enfinger finished eighth. He was your pick, um, and he won the Richmond race last year. I kind of a little shocked to see him not um, be closer to the front either uh, when the time came. Yeah, I mean, and it sucks not getting the seed. Yeah, <laughs> see any of the race. I I don't really have much to pontificate on as far as the performance aspect of that goes. Um, didn't get to see. Anything happened in the race being at work, uh, but yeah, it was Grand M Finger. I'm I'm not sure why they were off. I mean, KBM that's they're tough to mess with, but usually on a short track, the Thor Sport trucks have more than they showed this week. Mm-hmm. I will say that uh, Sam Mayer continues to show his uh, youthful prowess as he uh, begins to climb the ladder. He's what would you say the top prospect in the sport at this at this point in time? I would say the top unproven prospect in the sport. I would say that for sure. I don't sure. know about unproven. I mean, he went went out and won Bristol last year in a truck race. Oh, that's right. That's right. He did. He did win. I uh, I apologize. Yeah, he wins in everything he hops into, and he's gonna get Xfinity ride with. Uh, he's gonna be in the eight car later this year, of course. Oh yeah. He turns eighteen. Hmm. Yeah, no, he's definitely showing. He's showing he's a, he's definitely a talent. That's for sure. You know, I forgot that he had won Bristol last year, but yeah, he he's showing that he's definitely a a a a, a, a budding prospect for any team owner uh, within the next couple of years. Anyway, at least there's certainly no reason not to think that way right now because he's he's been given the chance and he's definitely making the most of it. Um, Kind of going down the the Sheldon Creed, kind of a more notables here in this truck race. Sheldon Creed eleventh, um, Stuart Friesen thirteenth, Zane Smith fourteenth, Haley Deegan finished seventeenth. She actually beat Matt Crafton. Matt Crafton finished eighteenth. Uh, Austin Wayne self was nineteenth. Uh, let's see, Timothy Peters was twenty second. Uh, I'm trying to think of more notable names. Oh, our- Raphael Lassard, I did see. Uh, he was sideways at one point. There was a picture I saw. Um, he finished top 10 in both of the stages, but he ended up wrecked across the hood of the 15 truck of Tanner Gray ah. at one point in time. Um, Spencer Boyd was 27th. Ryan Reed was 29th. Keith McGee making, making his first truck series start was 30th. Uh, Norm Benning in 32nd got into it with Jennifer Joe Cobb, who got parked. Um, <laughs> I don't really know what to say about that. I don't know what to, to say about with you. I don't know what to say about that either, but um, 
Yeah, um, that's Jennifer I... Joe Cobb, who's going to be in the truck race or not truck race, uh, the cup race at Talladega next week as well. Uh, oh. I know, and that's interesting. Like I, I, I love Jennifer Joe Cobb. I love what she's been doing, but mm. we're going to add to the litany of mediocrity of rwr drivers and I, this isn't because she's a woman this is just because i mean i don't know what just in case it needs to be said if we haven't covered it prior i, I want to know how rw rwr goes about, about the process of picking drivers for their cars because man joey gaze has got no business out there no 10 weeks out of time yeah, I would I would agree with that. Uh, and I know we're talking trucks here, but yeah, that just in case we didn't get that low hanging fruit out of the uh, yeah. out, of the, out of our head, brother. That's yeah. not low hanging we'll, we'll fruit. Hit, we'll hit that. Yeah, we'll kick that dead horse just once. Yeah, we'll kick it just once. I mean, that's not even low hanging fruit. That's the elephant in the fucking room. <laughs> oh man! Like I'm I'm sure they're trying their best out there, but. The rolling roadblock thing is just sad. Crazy. I mean, oh. uh, I mean, it's it's kind of like what George Carlin said. Uh, he kind of what he alluded to um, in one of his standups. He was talking about uh, what the hell he's talking about. He was talking about um, the 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 uh, the dumbing down of standards. You know, he was, he was in. It was in one of his. It was actually his last standup before he passed away. God bless the man. Um, which is irony in and of itself, if you knew anything about George Carlin. But uh, the he was talking about how am I? I gotta I gotta word this. I gotta I gotta word this appropriately. Um, he was talking about um, you know education. Talking about education, how education is important here in America and whatnot. And he was talking about um, you know giving kids a head start, you know, head start and then no child left behind, you know, the George, the famous George Bush thing that he passed for schools and stuff like that. Long story short, essentially he said, eventually he's like, that's okay. We're just going to lower the passing grade and we'll, we'll, you know, more kids will pass and this, everything looks good. You know, the IQ of the country slips another two or three points. And he's like, eventually all you're going to need to do, you know, to get into college is all you need is a fucking pencil to get into college. There you go. Hey, you got a fucking pencil on you? Get in there. It's fucking physics. Go 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 ahead. Like, hey, you got a fucking pencil? Here, fucking join this fucking truck team. It's fucking they're racing to Richmond this weekend. Go fucking go fucking drive. <laughs> you got a fucking racing. You had a fucking helmet and a racing suit. Fucking suit up. Go drive. Go jump in that fucking RWR truck. <laughs> essentially what I think uh, is happening. Yeah. Or you got. I mean, we obviously we we don't know. We can just we can only punt, like you know pontificate on that and you know just bullshit around but it's it's something worth asking it is something worth, yeah is it, is it brad keselowski that wants to see a driver system like a promotion and relegation system yes he mentioned that last year after something happened i think it was oh yes it was after um quinn hoff remember how quinn hoff got yeah. uh, at te- i think it was quinn texas hoff. i think it was yes. texas he went to come that into was pit. when matt de benedetto and somebody else absolutely creamed him yeah because he was three lanes off the bottom of the track trying to get to pit trying lane, to get to pit lane. Yeah. yeah he was do no that was not good i mean l- let's be fair alex bowman was the same thing this year to fucking to um who who was it that he almost crushed this year at Vegas? I think it was like Vegas. 
he went to go like he had a flat tire and like came to pit road almost immediately and anthony it was anthony, Al- tire, An- An- anthony alfredo it was anthony alfredo who almost oh. crushed him because oh, usually pasta's the one that's Usually he's the one that's cru- crushed. Yeah, he's usually the one that's getting crushed. <laughs> Put a little bit of crushed parsley, crushed parsley fakes on his uh, Alfredo pasta. Good heavens! Yeah, that. <laughs> and I, I, I do, I love it. I do. I race with Anthony Alfredo on yeah, iRacing. Bre- Brett Griffin would love me for that comment. Oh yeah, he would. Oh my god, <laughs> just it's so funny dude i love anthony alfredo dude he's a fellow connecticut guy and i've raced with him on iRacing he's a good dude but like i just you know i don't know there. yeah he's from connecticut man he's like middle oh, right like on. middle field or something like you that. guys just you guys just pump out the drivers low key priests logano yeah never mind all the mod- yeah we had you know some stellar modified guys obviously we've got a nice long history of stellar modified people but I mean, other than Joey Logano, who else did you know that came from Connecticut? You know, at the time when we grew up, it was Darian Adu. Oh, uh, that's true. Well, now, I mean, you got Ryan Priest as well. I mean, Logano, obviously. Yeah, but I'm not, you know, I'm not a Logano fan. God, I hate that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, man. I think I was the only yeah, one. Yeah. Ugh, I was the only he, one that was that booing. Car, that car looked... Uh, I don't know what to make of that team, to be honest with you. I, I know they won the the Bristol Dirt Race, but that 22, I've heard uh, some fellow like NASCAR pundits, like people in the, the media world, like picking Logano to win the title. And I'm just I'm not sure what to say when I see that. I can't either. I don't know what to say either. Like there it's like yeah, I know he's, he's got a title so I can see it, but it's just I don't always I don't trust that team's consistency. No. No, and and Penske has had trouble with finding consistency. Like they have those races, like Keselowski last year, where he smoked the field in New Hampshire. He was the fastest thing out there, and then, like, he would win three or four races, and then like you wouldn't see him for like another four races, and then he'd show up again. And like he won New Hampshire. What are some other races he won last year? I think he won he Richmond. The shit out of the field at Martinsville. Yeah, he won at Richmond he led last like year. Like four hundred and forty something laps. Yeah, and I won mean the spring race. Yeah, and, yeah, and when the two car when the two car is on, that thing is on. Oh yeah, I mean that that it's, it's almost always a battle for second. That one that one race at Martinsville that you allude to that was almost like a that was a Rusty Wallace ass whooping right there. That that really was. I mean, he was he was good that day. But that oh, whole sure. team just can't find. It just can't find that consistency. It's either like they're really good and they're really good, or they're way off. Like there's no salvaging it. They're either running up front in the top three contending for the win, or they're running fifteenth or twentieth a lap down. Right. Hey, just to go back and clear up the uh, truck race, just to put a bow on it. Is there anything else you want to add, or are you good? No, I think I'm, I'm all, I'm, I'm good with the truck race, man. I mean, <laughs> I love you, I love you, Jennifer yeah, Joe Cobb, but ugh, man. Uh, Brett Moffat was 37th. Uh, really rough day for Nice Motorsports. Uh, Carson Hosovar led the led the group with 12th. Uh, uh, Jet Noland, 26th. Brett Moffat, 37th. Ryan Truex was 40th. Uh, blew a rear gear on lap 44. They are off until the first Saturday in May. They will be in Kansas. 
Yep, they will be there in Kansas, and uh, I don't know. I don't know what to think about Kansas, honestly. I mean, the trucks usually put on a better show than the cup cars, Kyle but it's Bush, still... If Kyle Busch shows up, uh, it's his to lose. Uh, his best competition, I would, I would venture to guess, would be Austin Hill. Austin Hill. I think Johnny Sauter would probably Hunter. be good, too. John Hunter. I don't, I don't think Sauter at the mile and a half. So I don't know. I don't know about that. Ben yeah. Rhodes, maybe. Yeah, maybe Ben Rhodes. Ben Rhodes is a good pick. Um, no, obviously, reasons run better this year too. Yeah, yeah. He's on his second year with Toyota. Mm-hmm. I agree. Yeah, Stuart Friesen's definitely, he's finally getting his gear spinning in the right direction. I know he was in the truck series for a while and kind of seemed like he couldn't catch a break, and now he's finally starting to hes finally starting to get himself uh, some good runs and some good luck, and now he's finally catching, his tires are finally catching the ground. He's starting to go forward, which is a good thing. Well, I mean, he was another one uh, that switched manufacturers last year. He won a couple races in Chevrolet. Uh, I believe he won either Phoenix or Texas. I Maybe believe, a dirt derby. Yeah, it might have been the dirt derby. I think he won Phoenix, if I'm maybe incorrect, but I think he won Phoenix. Definitely seen him run good at Texas at least before. Yes. Yep. So to yeah, and then with the trucks as well. Um, obviously, we'll kind of recap our picks. I chose Austin Hill. Austin Hill did not run as good as I had anticipated. He started second and fell to 10th at the finish. Uh, Grant Enfinger takes uh, eighth place. That was Ethan's pick. So you got the, you got the win on me on that one by a couple of spots. So, but obviously neither of us finished in the top five. So it looked like our picks were a little off for that truck race. Oh, I mean, it is what it is. The truck series, it's a little bit more unpredictable as far as the parody goes. Yeah, for sure especially with the uh the, are they um are is the whole field or not the whole field but it, what's the deal with those ilmore engines they were talking about like a year or two ago like are they all using those ilmore engines now or are they all spec engines or what that i couldn't tell you to be honest with you i have to do a little research on that see if they're all using the ilmore engines because i know that there was a big stink about it a couple years ago kyle bush made a big deal about it obviously so well, Thor Sport got boned by it. They lost like three engines in one playoff race. Oh yeah, that's right. With the Omar something engines. like that. I think it was, that was Charlotte, Vegas. Vegas. Okay, it was Vegas. I thought it was, I was, I was close. I thought it was Charlotte, but it was a mile and a half track in the playoffs. Yeah, yeah. I remember. But yeah, no. So SMI. That's right. Good old SMI. <laughs> Screw you, Bruton Smith. Took a damn. Took my. I, I, this is the first time I'm going to share it on this podcast, but everybody knows. Fuck you, Bruton Smith. Took my fall New Hampshire date away from me. Thank you very much you, for that. May I have another? Took, you, yeah, he took our fall New Hampshire date and gave it to the place I ended up moving to. Yeah, go figure. So you 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 got lucky on I that one. Out. You lucked out. I got asked out. So yeah, <laughs> Bruton, you're a bastard, but I, I, I still got love for you. <laughs> I I show no love. No. That's I mean. The other thing too is like we joke about that. It's just it just speaks to the economics of the sport, you know. Because mm-hmm. you'd rather see a track like New Hampshire. I mean, I living in Las Vegas, I'm not gonna bitch about getting to see two races a year really close. But at the same time, New Hampshire, you don't have multiple New Hampshires on the schedule like you do Vegas, mm-hmm. and it's just it's just such a shame. And I. I 
my Massachusetts New England bias aside, being from that area, it's just just to see another a different style of racetrack on the circuit. I'd rather if we're going to an oval, like please consider New Hampshire for another date. Mm-hmm. I'm not even mad that you took a race from New Hampshire. You had to take the fall race from New Hampshire. Yeah, I prefer. Well, I, I like the summertime, so I like the, the heat. But I know, I know how you feel about that. Well, I mean, I don't mind the heat either. But I mean, my thing is that in the summertime, we used to have obviously the, New Hampshire in the fall. When was the last time you heard of the, the New Hampshire fall race getting pushed back to a Monday because of weather? Like, uh, you're right. When it's, oh, it's it's always beautiful in New Hampshire, late September. The forest is a bloom. Even if you're not a race fan, you go up there for the scenery, like, and it's just it's in late a, September. You still might get a, a decent hot day, like, yeah, so enjoyable. Yes. As a matter of fact, the last race that I ever went to was that fall 2017 New Hampshire race. I haven't been to a race since in, since 2017. Damn. That remember, if you go back and look at the broadcast, NBC made it damn clear. It was hotter that September race than it was in the July race. It was 93 degrees that day in late September in oh, New Hampshire. That's that good old New England weather for you, baby. This that's right. Either it's it could be anywhere. It could have been 40 degrees and cloudy, or it could have been 90 and sunny. It happened to be 90 and sunny. So, And uh, just to uh, – I went back and looked it up for us on Stuart Friesen. Two wins, both in 2019. It was Eldora and Phoenix. Ah, okay. Yep, so yeah, I was right on Phoenix. I felt like he won Phoenix, so – I think Moffitt won Phoenix last year. Is that right? No, he should have. He should have. Oh, uh, that's right. He got boned on that late race restart. I was so fucking mad. It wasn't a late. Well, yeah, it was the restart. But, man, I was throwing a truck at work when I was, listen, I was listening to the truck race. And I was uh, I was like, really? Single single truck spin on, like, the back stretch, and they threw a caution. And Brett, they left him out there and. I don't even think he finished in the top ten. Ugh. Yeah, no, that wasn't. He had him covered too. Had a good lead. Good lead. Just kind of a five second lead and just man, man was just on cruise control. That sucked. Yeah, that did suck. Anyways, thanks for the PTSD. You're you're welcome. (laughs) Any anytime, my friend. Didn't need that flashback. (laughs) Hey, come on, we're Gordon fans. We we have. That's just. That's just us. We have us too many. Yeah. We have a ton of flashbacks that are not good. <laughs> ton of flashbacks. Ugh. Yeah, it's a wonder. To, it's a wonder to hear Steve Latart talk about strategy. Sometimes it's like, oh, you know what you're talking about. Yeah, you sure you know what you're talking about. it better. That's right. You sure you know what you're talking about, As Clown Vegas 2010. Yeah, Vegas 2010, indeed. That entire season was PTSD for us as Gordon fans. That entire season. Like, we uh, Vegas should have had that race won. Martinsville, Texas was that was that year too, right? Yep, Texas that year had oh, the, the special be- forces car. That was a beautiful easily car. easily the best car, easily the best car that day. Oh yeah, hands down. He was looking- up, waddled up with like five others on the front stretch. Yep, I remember that Martinsville. He was about oh I don't know probably about fucking. A hood length away from the check from the white flag, and they threw the caution instead of the white. 
That one should have won. Uh, Richmond 2010, we alluded to last on the podcast, should have won that one. Uh, late race restart. Um, that track that track used to just aggravate the ever-living hell out of me when it came to being a Gordon fan. Yeah. There, there was, was a stretch there that he just, he'd show up and I would expect to get wrecked or he'd run, he'd somehow finish like 38. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like, what the hell? Yeah. I remember he tore up the Bugs Bunny car really early in the race one year. I was all disappointed about that. Well, that was because uh, he had a little help from Sterling Marlin. Oh. The yep. silver bullet got him. The silver bullet went went through went through Bugs Bunny. <laughs> Hunting rabbit. That's right. It was wabbit season that night. Wabbit season. That's right. <laughs> Not like a... Sterling Marlin once said about Greg Biffle, uh, got run over by a bug-eyed dummy. <laughs> but, oh, that was at Bristol, wasn't it? No, that was Watkins. Was that Watkins Glen? I think it was Watkins Glen. I could have swore that was Watkins Glen. That does sound like something Sterling Marlin might say. I yeah. remember Greg uh, I remember Greg Biffle pissed Boris set off so bad. It's like Boris went down and said, crew chief, he, I'm so, the reporter oh asked him what he said, and he's like, I went down and apologized for the car. It's going to cost. <laughs> oh, like, boy, said Morris. for the car it was going to cost. That's right. It's like somebody texted me his address. I'll show him at his, at his house Wednesday morning. Yep. I remember that. <laughs> that was awesome. Oh, I was yeah. always respected the hell out of Boris said. Fucking loved him even more so after that. <laughs> but, he oh. drew of one of my favorite, uh, one of my favorite uh, kind of off the uh, kind of an abstract pants game, the No Fear car. That 60 oh, car was slick. That was a beautiful car. Dude, he almost won that race at Daytona in 06 with that uh, car. Four laps to go. Four laps to go, Stewart passed him. I think. Almost won that damn race. And that was the same race. That was back when they had impounds. Remember, after qualifying, they would impound the cars. Mm-hmm. And he had... Speed the, channel days. Yeah, speed channel days. And... um yeah, for those of you that don't remember what the Speed Channel was, Speed Channel was a glorious television uh, channel that would give us anything and everything racing, uh, predominantly NASCAR, but any time of the day you could tune that shit on and... Bring back Trackside Live. Oh, yes. You and I were... John Roberts, Larry McReynolds. You and I, and I think Kenny, were on Trackside that one time at New Hampshire. We oh, were... Snap. We were... I remember getting a call from my mom because we were like, you know, they would have the camera that would pan over the audience, like the audience that was standing there, and we ended up on camera <laughs> for like a brief second. Oh, we would. Yeah, we would. Yep, I got to go back and try and find it, but no, and I mean, yeah, he almost, Boris said almost won that race. He They impounded the cars, and he won the pole. And remember, they impounded the car, so he started the race with a qualifying setup. Thankfully, Akasha came out, I think, yeah. really early, and they were able to get that race setup in. Damn near won the damn race. Yeah, that that one had something to do with fuel mileage, if I'm not mistaken. It might have. I don't remember. I remember the 05 race. Tony Stewart wiped the floor with them in that Pepsi 405. That was the one Tony that was... Stewart was one of the best restricted play races of our generation yes he was he and uh, he and junior worked together a lot obviously but he for some reason dude he he was fast at daytona he just couldn't lock up that 500 win 
I mean, he he could he won. He was like Earnhardt. He won everything there was to win at Daytona, except he never got that 500 win. I don't think I don't think he'd ever do it. But I wonder if he would maybe show up for the 500. I just think to see if he could win it. I think that would be cool. I would like to see Stewart. It'd be great to see him do it, but I don't think he he ever would. No, I think he's, I think he's very happy and content with SRX and his and his dirt cars, and I feel like that yeah, that's it. Owner. Yeah, I think he's very content with that. But no, so yeah, that 2010 season. Talk about the PS PTSD. Yeah, Gordon fans 2010 also should have had Chicagoland. And we ended up getting beat by some dude named David Rudiman. Oh, I remember that race. Yeah. Uh, that was good for Rudy. Yeah, good for Rudy. Likeable guy. I could cheer for him in 2010, but that 2012, uh, that questionable... A, as a as a Gordon fan, the one that, honestly, it, it, <laughs> it doesn't bug me a lot, but... I'm glad Paul Menard won a race and all, but I really thought Gordon was going to run him down that day in Indy. Oh, my God, yeah. Oh, I I was convinced. I was convinced that Paul Menard was going to run out of gas. I was convinced. I didn't think Gordon was going to catch him. I was convinced he was going to run out of gas. But freaking Mr. Uh, Paul, I don't smile, Menard, fucking got the win that day. Hey, that's good. good win. Good win. In the garage, I'm sure it was. Yeah, I'm sure it was pretty cool in the garage, except I'm pretty sure Gordon wasn't happy about that one, because... Uh, well, Jeff won the Brickyard, what, four or five times? Five times, yep. He got his revenge in 2014 with the yeah. self-proclaimed restart of his life on his teammate, Casey Kane. Honestly, the guy I feel bad for is uh, Denny Hamlin blowing that tire last year. That's yeah. a shitty way to lose the last Brickyard, especially because Harvick's already one a brickyard or two yeah that was his third i think it's his third one and harvick just yeah rough right. season though for the four car if uh you want to segue into uh sunday yeah i and that it was and you know we can definitely get into sunday um obviously this was just a couple of hours ago but um what in the hell I mean, aside, I mean, good job to Almarola because Almarola finally showed up to race today. But other than that, what in the hell is going on with Stuart Haas this year? That's a, it's a good. I mean, what can you say? They've been all over the map and not in a good way. I, I hate. I feel like that sums it up. I hate to say it, but they're 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 like this season. They're like the Haas of the, They're like the F one Haas team. Like they're not. <laughs> the F one Haas team was a, a strong mid team, like a couple years ago, and now they're like they're 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 back there with the Williams cars now. Like Stuart Haas is. It's not that bad, but they're getting that way like they can't buy their way out of some bad luck right now man yeah the Stuart haas is like they're in between the mediocre teams like chip ganassi and uh jtg and we'll say roush mm, okay i would say they're on the same level as rcr 
Yeah, I mean, and it's it's yeah, and the thing that I hate that SHR is on SHR's level. I would say so, but you know, the more the more that I think about it, the more that I've kind of looked into this with Stuart Haas, the more that I've realized that really and truly, aside from Kevin Harvick, I mean, Almarola was good and consistent and made the playoffs, but other than Harvick just putting the entire team on his shoulders, that entire that the rest of the team isn't all that I guess not all all that impressive. It haven't hasn't shown their stuff, honestly. And I wonder if they're low key maybe I don't want to use the word punting, but there it is. <laughs> um, like new cars coming next year mentality I, i'm not sure but it's just it's whack to see how off the pace they've been this year predominantly the four car but i mean mm-hmm. cole custer hasn't really gotten any faster from last year no Chase briscoe's a rookie so like you can't hold what him can you, you really expect for from him yeah. no offense to his ability or anything like that and almarola is is who he is yeah, Almirola is always going to be in been... contention here and there, but mainly just yeah. as far as wins go, only at the super speedways. Where else is he a threat? Essentially, I mean, Almirola is a good, solid, you know, kind of. Uh, I, I'm not saying that Almirola isn't a good driver, but Almirola is a consistent top fifteen, keep it clean, you know, good, solid bet. You know what I'm saying? Not somebody who's going to tear, go out there and tear the car up and drive 15 feet over his head, but um, he's he's also not the kind of he's not on the level of Denny Hamlin, Kyle Busch, Harvick, and others. I will say, yeah, he's he'll keep it clean, but he won't go very fast. That's right. Yeah, which which sucks because Almirola is a good dude. He's a good dude, likable guy, but you he's, know, I mean, he's. He showed some more. I felt like he he if he dropped down to the truck series, I wonder what he could do because I felt like he was. I know he was in a Kyle Busch truck on his way up the ranks, but it. I mean, you can only do. You can only win in the equipment that you're given, and he won with it. So right. I don't know. Yeah, I not, don't know. I'm, I'm not really sure what to make of Eric Almirola as far as like his ceiling being any higher than right. mediocre. I mean, he did have like a good year. He had like one good year in 2018. Like he almost won New Hampshire that year, won Talladega, and ran really consistent that year. But I mean, other than that, you kind of shrug your shoulders and just be like, "Well, he's just he's there, <laughs> right?" Yeah. He's just like along for the ride. Yeah, he's there. Oh, yep. There's there. You know, you kind of look when you kind of run through the. I mean, and bravo to him. He had a good finish today. He ran good today, so it was good for him in that number ten team. But I mean, at the same time, it was also like, every other Sunday, you're just like, oh, yep, yep. There's Almirola. Yep, he's running like twelve, thirteen. That's that's good. Yep, there he is. But you know. <laughs> Yeah, let's see. Uh, Matt Benedetto also got his first top ten of the year, ninth. Matty um, D, Matty D, my man, Matty D. Monkey off your back, huh? 
oh god i don't take that monkey off it's like like that damn that uh, liberty that liberty mutual commercial i don't know if you've seen it with the dude selling the wet teddy bears but take that damn buddy oh, that did. that yeah, wet I teddy bear that. i'm taking that wet teddy bear and flinging it across the room man maddie d finally coming home with a good finish damn it man we need it and i love me love me my man maddie d but damn it <sighs> that's such a good break for them finally to see uh, them thought, get in the top 10 mm-hmm. i thought uh i thought austin dylan was gonna run better than he wound up uh i was thinking more top five but Stop. top 10 is fine for the three car yeah. uh ryan blaney 11th at a place that he usually struggles at is he's probably feeling pretty good considering oh yeah what happened with he and brad keselowski on that uh yeah. At the end of that second stage. <laughs> yep, that's right. Feeling that was, good. Uh, that was one of the most interesting things to watch. Is just like uh-huh. watching. You could just see all over uh, who's Brad Ke- Jeremy Bullens, Brad Keselowski's crew chief. You could see it all over his face. Oh like, yeah. Oh fuck. Yep. He's like, oh man. He had that. He had. The, what have I done? He had the. Uh, he had the uh, the big eyes. He had the big oh oh. I'm about to poop my pants right now. Kind of look on his face. Like good god. It was written written on his face. Probably the like, worst. The worst person that you could probably ask to play poker at that time <laughs> it's like i almost got away with it too oh wait no i didn't really almost get away with it no no it wasn't close it wasn't close, it wasn't oh. close. unfortunately but no that was unfortunate because the two car had speed today it was on i mean brad had to come from where did he start 20th 20th yep 20th. and in typical penske fashion Short runs, man. They they he started off like a rocket and came up through the field, but any time that we got to be a long run, he wasn't there. He fell off like a rock. Yeah, they they only had so much so much speed in their car today. I mean, Gano kind of surprised me. That twenty, yeah, this. I know he's won at Richmond before, but the staying power that he showed the later stages of the race, I, I, for whatever reason, I didn't expect them to keep up with the with the track the way they did. But kudos to Paul Wolf on mm-hmm. um, on a great race for Logano. Yeah, yeah, and I'm not even a Logano fan. I kind of agree with your sentiment that I was kind of surprised to see him up there, and he took the lead. Hamlin had like that. He had a complaint of a vibration late in the race, and Logano took the lead, and then I was like. Well, this isn't gonna last, you know. Whatever. I think the Hamlin, Hamlin was just kind of toying with him, but he stayed up there, and he was took me by surprise. Yep, certainly took me by surprise. He stayed up there, but, um, you know. And then we had the late race caution, obviously Harvick, and again Stuart Haas's um, terrible luck this season just cuts a tire going into turn one, hits the wall, uh, causes the late race caution with like seventeen or sixteen to go, and bunched up the field i mean until that point i mean logano had the lead and he started pulling away and then danny hamlin and like he did the past couple of weeks with long run stuff i mean ryan blaney was faster at martinsville but hamlin really started knocking on joey's door before that caution came out yeah i obviously i didn't get to see the uh the end of this race but uh another driver i want to talk about 
William Byron uh, continuing the well, he didn't carry the flag for Hendrick Motorsports today. We'll get to uh, Bowman the Showman yeah, in a second. That's right. But um, as far as William Byron's concerned, he continues his uh, steady, consistent year. They've got speed. I'd look for him next week at Talladega to make some noise. Mm-hmm. Um, Chase Elliott in 12th, only Hendrick driver without a win yet this season. Which is a little bit of a shock. It is a little bit of a shock, if I must say so myself. But I'm not saying that. Um, I'm really not saying that that's a bad thing because, you know. But it is kind of a shock because obviously he is your defending champion, and he was the winningest driver of Hendrick last year. I mean, Bowman won once, Byron won once. I mean, you know those um, those wins. Honestly, Byron won at Daytona. Bowman actually won at Auto Club, which was actually, like, in my opinion, that was an actual dub. And then, you know, they take Auto Club off the schedule, but whatever. And then... Um, no, we get one more race there next year, as far as the old layout. Oh, that's or, right. That's right. That's right. The old layout. Mm, that's right. COVID kicked him off to the Daytona Road course this year. Mm, that's right. But... Yeah, so I mean, Chase Elliott was only the one was the only Hendrick driver with multiple wins last year, and I mean, multiple wins that like he actually didn't like luck into. I guess, you know, I mean, he right. went out and won Martinsville. He went out and won Phoenix. He went and won the Roval. You know, so it just he's the only one without a win this year. I mean, that team again. I still stick with my guns that I said before. Chase Elliott is not in a slump. It's just no. that team, that's where the team is right now, unfortunately. They just don't have that same speed that they had last year. They, you know, they are, they're a top 10 team. They're not a top five team like they were at the end of last year. And they got, I mean, they got plenty of time to work on it. Absolutely. It's not, it's, it's still early, Chase Elliott fans. So I, I reiterate, pump the brakes, calm your tits. We'll get there. Trust me, we'll get there. Alan Gustafson, that entire organization, they they know how to get it done. They know how to fight and claw and dig. You know they've got a history with that. So, calm down. It'll get there. They'll they'll get there. Trust me. <laughs> uh, speaking of scratching, clawing, and digging, uh, Kurt Busch was thirteenth. Uh, Brad Keselowski, fourteenth. Ross Chastain was fifteenth. Uh, anything to say about? Chip Ganassi racing, or I don't know. I, I expected more from Kurt Busch, Ross Chastain. That's the day he need. He needed. He needs a confidence builder because they just have not run mm -hmm. all that hot at all this year. Yeah, I mean, quiet day for Chip Ganassi. I feel like, in my a opinion, a quiet, yeah. a quiet day. Um, you know, Kurt Busch. Obviously, you expect more out of Kurt Busch. He's kind of been the one that's carrying the flag at Ganassi. Uh, since he took over that ride from Jamie McMurray, he's been the flag bearer. Um, but, I mean, quiet is not always a bad thing. I mean, he ran 13th. That was just a, you know, just a gritty day out of Kurt Busch. But Chastain in yep. 15th didn't ruffle any feathers. You know, he's had a couple of run-ins this year, kind of crazy blocks and whatnot. But, you know, come home 15th, good solid day, I guess, for Ross Chastain. As you said, good confidence builder for him. So, um mm -hmm. A good quiet day, a, a a quiet but good day for Ganassi, in my humble opinion. 
Yeah, Ross Chastain was the first car off the lead lap, by the way, in 15th. Uh, Daniel Suarez, 16th. Um, Ricky Stenhouse Jr., 17th. Kyle Larson, 18th. I expected a better day out of him. Did Kyle sure, Larson? Former Richmond winner. Kyle Larson, did he, he didn't even show up today. No, uh, I don't know what happened to that car. I saw he, it looked like he had a moment. No, it wasn't a moment. They uh, initially, the first pit stop, the cop yellow they put a packer in and they lost like 10 spots it was a 17 and a half second stop or something and never came back from it yeah they, it didn't yeah not at all never came back from it yeah i mean they they made that adjustment on pit road i guess that was a pecker i guess you said but like that, that he larson went out to the store to buy something and never came home. That's apparently the gist of what happened today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I just... I mean, they got mired back in traffic and didn't come forward. It was like they couldn't get their car to do anything Kyle needed it to. No. No, absolutely not. At least um, from a passing perspective, he couldn't do anything. No, couldn't do anything. Um, not at all. I mean, it just... He wasn't... It was like he didn't even show up. It was odd it was it was odd because i mean even chase was struggling but he was you know 12 13th i mean bowman definitely had a fast car and we'll get to him but i mean he was just i don't know man it wasn't even like william byron like william byron was there they didn't talk about him a whole lot but at least he was in the top 10 like but larson was just not there so well, to continue going down the running or the finishing order, uh, good run for Eric Jones in 18th. Tyler Reddick in 20th. I thought he was going to be a little better today. Royal yeah. Joy in 21st. That's a really good. That's a solid day for the seven team. Yes, it is. Uh, especially considering teammate Justin Haley's misfortune on lap one. Mm-hmm. Uh, second gear, I believe he went for, or tried to go from second to third and blew up. Something like that. That's what I heard, uh, anyways. I mean, yeah. Very um, rare. Yeah, I'm sorry. Very, very rare to hear about of a, a miss, like a, a miss shift like that in today's NASCAR that hurts the engine and transmission that bad. Yeah, I mean, he was you know, up shifting, so I don't know. I mean, sounds well, like you're you're more of a you're more of a you understand more of cars in general than I do. What is there any kind of giveaway like sound that he would could have heard in the pace laps or something? I mean, why wouldn't it have blown up um, when he went from first to second or second to third when he initially started the car? Uh, I mean, so when he went green. Um, I mean, there's uh, just uh, the mechanicals of the transmission and stuff like that. You know, when you start the race and you're kind of rolling off hit road, you're not putting a whole lot of load on the drivetrain, or not the drivetrain, but like the, the drive line, I guess. You're not putting a whole lot of load on it. So, I mean, you know, you accelerate and you're kind of cleaning the tires up and you might gooser, you know, trying to warm up the rear tires, you know, on the, you know, the initial pace laps and whatnot. But you don't, you wouldn't hear or notice anything until you give it a full beans. And I mean, what it sounds like is that if he's restarted second and tried to go to third, my money is on the fact that he probably money shifted and went from second to first and just detonated the damn thing instead of actually hitting third. I've I've done that in my passenger car a couple times. Um, that's that's a 
the the sucking sound that you hear after that is the sucking sound of your life after you you know you're hoping and praying that you didn't hurt the valve train on the engine and unfortunately it seems like that he definitely uh hurt that car um probably uh, my money is on he probably money shifted the damn thing it's a reason why they call it the money shift is because it costs you a lot of money (laughs) yeah i mean in an already expensive uh landscape that nascar is that's yeah yeah, that's definitely a money shot oh yeah and it's um yeah it's definitely not good especially in today's nascar with the transmissions you don't even use the clutch like you could just slam them into gear you know you try doing if i tried doing that on my focus st or my cobalt i'm it's raining it it's pretty much going to be raining transmission parts out of the sky so (laughs) but uh man that that sucks you know money shifting is never fun (laughs) never ever ever yeah um so unfortunately well so one good day one not so good day for uh spire motorsports um shr was 22 23 24 in the form of uh risco custer and harvick in that order uh-huh. Uh, Chris Busher and Bubba Wallace, 25th, 26th. Michael McDowell, 27th. All just meh. Meh. Yeah, I think the and it's unfortunate. I was expecting maybe a little bit more out of Bubba Wallace. Um, but I, I think a lot of people were, considering how good he is at short tracks normally. Typically, you know, typically he's pretty good at short tracks. Uh, just, but wasn't there today. Didn't, didn't hear about him. Didn't. I don't think they barely talked about him on the broadcast, but um, as far you know, Michael McDowell, obviously our Daytona 500. I I think it's fair to say that the, that that McDowell kind of Daytona 500 hype, but that that train has set sail. Unfortunately, they kind of stopped. He's kind of not saying that he's running poorly, but you know that hype around him that they had for the couple two or three races afterwards. That hype is that hype's gone. Unfortunately for right. McDowell. Well. Guess what? We're going to a super speedway next week. Mm-hmm. He could get it. He can Be get that. Be on the lookout for the thirty-four car, folks. That's right. Choo choo, motherfucker. <laughs> that train could come right back over. That could, that train could come a rolling back into town. Never nope. know. Uh, Austin Cindric making a uh, cup start. Uh, Twenty-eight, four laps down the thirty-three. He was. Uh, not really a factor. This was a this was about getting seat time for him. Mm-hmm. Ryan Priest, rough day for the Ryans. Twenty uh, ninth yep. for Priest, thirtieth for Newman, who spun off the nose of Austin Cindric. Three yep. wide does not work at Richmond too nope. well. It does um, not. But then, like, but then, like that ensuing restart, like Kyle Busch and Eric Jones and them went three wide just to say, "Hey, look at us, we could do it." But you know, they're Kyle Busch's yeah, dick anyway. You so. can do it for all of a hot second, and then that's yeah, done, it's done for. Exactly. Um, Alfredo thirty first, BJ McLeod thirty second, and uh, a whole lot of RWR down there. Yeah, lots of RWR again. Hey, you got a fucking racing suit and a helmet? Get in this fucking car. We're racing in Richmond. <laughs> essentially quinn hauf almost wrecked it for fucking bowman i mean they were showing the onboard of hamlin's car i think it was on the white flag lap like they went off into turn one and bowman all but ran over quinn hauf and i was just like you have got i was like get that fucking lap car out of the way and mike mike joy was like oh that's quinn hauf and i was like oh 
that fucking explains it. That that fucking mm. explains it. Well, so now that we got the field covered, we can get to the winner though. Uh, Alex Bowman, man, that car looked spry today, man. Like, yes, it did. Consistent. What a what a drive, and to pull off a win considering. 48 clearly was not the fastest car today. Yeah. Um, that's... I think Alex Bowman's got the one of the best crew chiefs in the series in Greg Ives, and that tandem, I really hope it works at Hendrick. I really do. I hope uh, so, considering too. Considering all the dues paid by Ives and Bowman. Yeah, I hope so, too. I mean... Big win for the uh, 48 team, for sure. And first points win since 2017 that number that 48 that's right dover 2017 guide dude if you and i were sitting there in 2017 saying this 48 car ain't gonna win for another four years we would have been looked at like we had three heads yeah they would have put us in the insane asylum they would have i mean we would have been over the cuckoo's nest and it was me and dale Yep, that's right. Not that we don't belong in there anyway, but I mean, you know, they would have, they would have, they would have been onto us, and they would have made us go in there anyway. But, um, I'm I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure Denny Hamlin and that entire eleven team is trying to call the local the local police department because I'm sure they felt like they got fucking robbed, um, of the of this race. But I mean, that's also the same reason why. These races are that's a it's a 400 lap race. Everybody knew that going in, so you know just a bad set of circumstances. Alex Bowman fired off on that last restart with what 12, 11 laps to go, and I mean just ran away with it. So yeah, Hamlin another um, another race where Denny Hamlin very strong ran up front, and I mean that man has been he has been the man of consistency this year. It's only a matter of time. Only a matter of time. You can't be running this good, this consistently, and not win. It's going to happen. Correct. But, I mean, the past couple of races, man, I'm pretty sure he's sick to his stomach, man. I mean, Martinsville just about had him covered. I mean, he probably thought he had him when Ryan Blaney had that pit gun issue, and then he inherited the lead, I'm pretty sure. I'll tell you what. We're going to a track that Denny Hamlin's won at twice before, and he's the most recent winner. Yeah, he is the most recent winner. Um, I kind of, uh, I kind of discredit that win last time. Um, but I mean, it is what it is. I have to, I have to build the bridge and get the fuck over it. But well, I, yeah, because Denny Hamlin's track record at Super Speedways. I mean, three straight Daytona 500s prior to this year. He's got, you know, in addition to his wins at Talladega, mm-hmm. the man knows how to put himself in position just about anywhere we go these days. Denny Hamlin's a threat, yep. and uh, he's going to be just as much a threat at Talladega next week. Yeah, very much so. And, I mean, Hamlin used to be super aggressive on the plate tracks. He would always be making kind of erratic moves. And uh, even back in the COT days, before they started tandem drafting, when they were just starting to learn how to tandem draft, he was the one that would, like, 
take anybody just randomly and just tandem draft with them get like 15 car links ahead of the pack and then just dump them and leave them and then take the lead and then the pack would come racing on by and he'd do it all over again like he's come a long way in his plate racing ability like i feel like he's still aggressive but he's aggressive when he needs to be instead of just being like oh here i'm gonna make this erratic move so and it's paid off as you said three daytona 500s two of them in a row he's got a couple wins at talladega he knows how to get it done on plate tracks i wouldn't be surprised if he made it happen again next week correct that's yeah that's exactly what i was what i was getting at mm-hmm. uh and i mean next week you're gonna see full 40 for sure Oh, I'm sure uh, you will. Yeah, definitely going to be a yeah, full 40. See, seeing as how it's Talladega, that means it's uh, time for Noah Gregson. That's He'll right. be in that 62 car. Mm-hmm. Bet you Cindric might be in that 33 car next week. Yep. Uh, I wonder if Colleg doesn't bust out their 16 car with Kaz Grella. Ty Dillon in the 96 will probably show up. Yeah, uh, we'll definitely see a full 40 next week. Would it would... Timmy Hill wasn't in the race either today was he i don't think he was i'm looking through the i mean i'm looking through it and i don't i don't see him he wasn't so the 66 might show up yeah and they should definitely show up anybody anybody who's anybody because as long as you got a car on the on the hauler in the garage area you've got a shot to win so i mean you're gonna get people that are gonna show up at talladega even if they're just random lottery players they're gonna show up and be like well we got a chance to win fuck it (laughs) <laughs> no, Talladega, are they Oh, how they are we qualifying next week? Or we don't qual we don't qualify again until I don't think it's Crown a, Jewel race. I don't think it's right? Yeah, it's either the six hundred or Coda. I think they might qualify at Coda, but I don't know. Uh, okay. They might I well, mean maybe it's I, well, maybe it's only gonna be forty cars this week then. Because yeah. I don't know how else they're gonna set the field. Points. Yes. That's true. But it will well, be charter, of course. But yeah, but it it will be a forty car field. Even if it's only forty showing up, it'll be a forty car field. Yeah, I mean, I was looking at racing reference before uh, before we started. Man, there was a race back way back in the day at Talladega. They had sixty cars start the race. Like, yeah, uh, and that's. You just imagine that thundering herd. Can you imagine the big one that day? Oh my god, I I, I can see. They got a lot more strung out back in the sixties and seventies. Oh hell yeah! Still, the field disparity was huge back then. You probably had somebody who was driving. You probably somebody who was in their car doing hundred and fifty miles an hour, and the other car was other fast cars probably doing one eighty. I mean, they were probably. All spread out all over the field. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, this is before the draft was a thing either. Everybody was actually racing like it was an actual like regular racetrack. There was, you know, what it didn't take until Junior Johnson really to until we figured out what the draft was. So, but yeah, I mean, what can you say about Alex Bowen, man? That was really really cool to see. I was thrilled, man. I I tweeted about it, man. I was like. So cool to see that forty-eight back at Victory Lane, and he, dude, Bowman the Showman, he put it on. He put on a show there at the last few laps, and good. Congrats to him, man. That not not like it was unexpected. He just needed that break, and that break came with that caution. You know, he had a fast car. He was up front, but he got that one lucky break, and 
you stole it, man. So, congrats to Bowman, man. That was that was really really cool to see. Forty eight was the first one to show up to the pay window. Good to see. It's been a been a minute for Alex Bowman. It's been a, a long time for that number. And first uh, first time that number's won a points race and a habit had it not been Jimmy Johnson since twenty seventeen. Yeah, I mean that's crazy craziness that it's taken that long. I mean it's sad to say that like after Jimmy Johnson won his seventh championship, he only won a couple more races, and then it was just <laughs> on the way down. His last win was the uh, the Bush Clash in twenty twenty. Was it twenty twenty? I thought it was nineteen. It might have been. Might have been. Oh, maybe it was nineteen. I think it was. Maybe it was nineteen. But yeah, and that was a little controversial because I mean he went to side draft Paul Menard and caused the wreck and then and then the yes. caution came out and then the rain came. <laughs> rain, yep. So yeah, that was that was that was not good, but yeah, that was cool. And did you see after the race too? I mean he stood on the roof of the car and there's actually on Twitter that um there's a video on Twitter that he stood on the roof of the car and like it, it caved in, like his foot kind of caved in the roof and he just kind of popped it back into place. And I was like, Oh, better watch out for that in tech. But apparently he's past tech. So that that's a good thing. <laughs> oh, that's just what we need. Another tech controversy, another tech controversy. That's right. And just like all, always the controversy in NASCAR. Remember the controversy after the drivers would win the race and they would like knock the Powerade sign off the roof of the car to celebrate with the team, like especially the Hendrick cars. Yep. You ever notice that it was with always the Hendrick drivers that would knock those things off the roof of their car? I didn't notice that in particular. I just noticed that some people would get real much more rowdy and knock shit over the number. Knock stuff over, yeah. We had that, and then we had NASCAR say the drivers couldn't because remember, I remember back in 2000 mayfield won at california mayfield won at california in the penske 12 car and not only was he like he had an oil issue where like the oil was like overheating and like it charred his ass (laughs) that entire race but he won the race he won the race and climbed on the roof of the car to celebrate and then apparently his car measured too low after after the race was done so nascar was like all right drivers can't be on the roof anymore after the races wow yeah so always something with nascar always something like <laughs> yeah don't don't get on the roof don't knock the stuff over um even more recently the debacle with doing like you know if you win the race, you celebrate, like, make sure you blow a tire and cause a little damage to the rear end, because that way NASCAR can't, like, technically say you failed because there's damage there. Have you heard mm-hmm. about that? No, I cannot say that I have. Yeah, there was, um, I used to listen to Sirius XM NASCAR radio, and they used to always, like, debate that and stuff like that, where... Somebody like Joey Lacano would obviously do his like freeform burnouts and then like blow the tires out, which would cause damage to the sheet metal in the rear. And obviously, it was almost like anticipated that he would do it every time, and it would be like covering up something. Yeah, I and 
even a couple of years ago, even like that, and remember how a couple of years ago they were talking about how like they like cars would finish the race and on the cool down lap, like they'd shake the cars to kind of like oh, reset yeah, the rear yeah, yeah. end. I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of trick stuff going on in NASCAR. Shit, the kind of shit that I like to hear about, but also at the same time, it's just like, what are you doing? <laughs> oh. I mean, I actually I enjoy that part of the sport. I do. I, mean, I feel like they should they should get more leeway. I mean, part of part of the fun of this is an innovation. Like, yes. let the uh, let the crew chief shine. Like, let the brains come to. I want the brains of the crew chief to be as much on showcase as the talent of the driver. Mm-hmm. I agree because they're both equally important equally important aspects in the formula of a race playing out yes i agree i agree entirely i love how many times do you go back to the old days and i mean not necessarily like old old days i mean even like ray everham even everham with that freaking t-rex car how back ass words and out of the rule book it was but because there was it was everything was in the gray oh, area. It was within the rule book. Yeah, it, you could do it. <laughs> That's right. But <laughs> they, they just it, it only took them not even a week to say, "Don't you fucking bring it back to the track." That's right. <laughs> exactly. I mean, literally, they had. I remember the, uh, reading a story that they hired somebody. I don't remember who they hired. They hired him to read the rule book, and literally any gla- any gray area that could be up for interpretation they did to that car like i remember also reading an article too yeah i mean i also i remember reading and reading the article where they said it was kind of backwards in the sense that like typically you would think to run as low ground clearance as possible for the arrow but apparently ray Evernham said that they ran the front end valence up real high and i guess i don't know if they had stiff shocks or 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 if they had stiff springs or weak springs in the front but because of the way the car was that had real high ground clearance in the front but when it would set into the corner it would just set and it would just foom 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 like a like a like a slot car just boom 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 like i mean shit like that you hear about you don't hear about that anymore you you don't and if you do hear about it now everybody's got to burn and fry the crew chief and the team like it's on the six o'clock news i mean harvick with the spoiler they're just doing their job exactly like i can't i don't understand why social media always blows up like truex had his little thing last year where like the crew chief obviously was trying something i'll tell you what not even just because Anytime Martin Truex Jr. would fail inspection, I'd be like, I'd say to my mom, I'd be like, ah, oh, Martin's starting at the back today, but I feel good about it. Because anytime they failed inspection, that meant something was fast. That meant something was uh, something was right on that car. That's After right. Drive through the field. I was like, yeah, I think Martin's got an all right piece today. I like what they did. Yeah, that's right. I mean, let's Chase Elliott did it last year at Phoenix. They they failed pre race inspection at Phoenix. Got sent to the back. What did he do? He fucking won the race in the championship. Like, yeah. Sometimes the, getting sent to the back means you're on to something. That's right. 
And as and I I would agree with you that we need to have more. We need to have we need to open up the rule book a little bit because, in my humble exactly. opinion, yeah. In my opinion, I agree that the crew chiefs the the crew chiefs knowledge should be on display but also at the same time if you think about it if you make every car equal how are you going to get i i get the idea of putting it in the driver's hands and letting the driver showcase their talent and not letting it be about the equipment but at the same time if you make every car dead equal how are you going to get any good racing out of it nobody's going to be able to do anything if everybody is the same car at the same speed like you can only, I mean, we had IROC for a reason. Yes, and as good as as good as IROC was, as fun as it was, you it's 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 physically impossible to make. It's physically impossible to make every single car exactly the same. Make every engine identical with the same exact horsepower and torque numbers, even if you're using the same equipment. You can put the you can put the same engine together twice and get two entirely different readings. Like it's just that's just how it is. It's not like huh. it's not like it's manufactured and you know one one engine can be seven hundred and sixty five horsepower and five hundred and sixty foot pounds of torque. Another engine could be seven hundred and fifty horsepower and six hundred foot pounds of torque. It's just it's impossible to make every car identical. So. We, we, you know, you can't do that. That's why the IROC series ended up failing out because you can't. It, that it costs a lot of money to make identical stuff like that, and then when it did become identical, obviously one car was favored over the other. There was some good racing in IROC in the later years, but for the most part, it was. Eh, I don't know. I don't know what to think about IROC. <laughs> you can only make a car so alike to begin with, right? Exactly, and you can't, you know, and if, if all the cars are identical, then you're not going to get good racing because what in the hell is going to happen? It's all up to the driver's point, and then everybody, especially if the cars are identical, and then you limit them, <coughs> 550 horsepower, <coughs> you make them all equal, and then you take all the horsepower and put a bunch of downforce on them, then they're all just going to ride around single file. It's... Right. Just the way that it's going to be. So, kind of like what I said last week, Diet F1 is what we have right now. Hopefully yeah, the new car um, changes that. When it comes to the 550 package, I feel like you're right, but I like our 750 package. I know a lot of people were probably disenchanted with the race today as far as the long green flag runs. I mean, Ryan Newman's spin was, what, the first... First crash at Richmond in 500-some-odd laps. Yeah, yep. They said that since 2019, Ryan Newman's uh, incident, which brought out the caution, was the first incident-related caution at Richmond since 2019. Which yeah, So that's... You know how some people are. If, if we're not restarting, it's not a good race. Yeah, I can't stand it i just I, i'm tired of that there was an article that my friend irishman put me tagged me in on twitter some about um i think it might have been jim utter tweeted tweeted something about nascars looking into um trying to prevent long green runs in the last stage or trying to work on something to prevent long green runs and i 
I hope that that's not the case. I got mad. Uh, Irishman tagged me, and I got so mad uh, that you can go on my Twitter and find the tweet. I said, I swear, sometimes I swear people would not be happy unless we just honestly the way some people think it's like okay why don't we just like show up and have 40 cars run a 20 lap sprint race and call it a day yeah i mean like, if, how short do you want to make this shit because right. like they all people want to do is like get it down to a manufacture it down to a moment right you know, it, it has to have drama. It like, has no, to have. Just let this that, shit play out naturally. Mm, I hate that too. I hate this whole NASCAR is trying to chase the Game of Seven moment bullshit. I am yes. tired of this. I'm tired of this. I, I'm, it's not true to the roots. Like, no, I think that's why I'm getting mentally. I've been finding myself getting more and more on board with doing away with the playoffs, and we go back to a title. Like, a true season-long championship. Yes, I would agree with that entirely. I... Because uh, everybody knows you You don't... You can win 35 races and not win the title. What the fuck is that? Slap Shoes almost... And, and Slap Shoes made a great video. And I love Slap Shoes content on YouTube. I don't know if you've seen it. But he made a video as to why the playoffs are terrible. And literally, he said it... Like, in his video, he was like, Ryan Newman almost debunked this entire system the first year we ran it. He was one he, he was one position away from winning the championship without a win. I mean, yes, Matt Crafton did it in the truck series, what, in 2019, I think? He, I believe you're right. Yeah. But, I mean, the first season that we implement, oh, you, the more emphasis, you got to, you have to win. You have to win to win the championship and this, that, the other thing. And we were one spot away from Ryan Newman completely blowing that shit out of the water. As George Carlin, and I love, I love it. I love George Carlin. I know you do too. But mm-hmm. I love to quote George Carlin when he says, I love it when these politically correct and I love it when these PC ideas, these well, these well-to-do, primo fucking ideas crash and burn and wind up in the shit house, and it almost mm-hmm. did that first season. I just it, it, and people want to talk about, you know, I thought Atlanta was a great race. Everybody talks shit about that Atlanta race. People probably talking smack about this Richmond race, but you know what though? Like if people want to have, if you want to have short runs and stuff. Go watch the fucking 2008 Brickyard 400. You get all the short runs you want <laughs> out of that race. <laughs> Running 10 laps before we have a tire failure and we're throwing competition cautions every 10 laps. Yeah, or okay. so if you want to prevent long runs, if you want to if you want to prevent long runs and shit like that, then what the fuck are we racing for then? What is this? Right. That that's my opinion. What are we racing for? We ain't fucking racing for nothing, apparently. I mean, and I was kind of thinking about this today. Uh, I'm glad we kind of landed on this subject because a lot of people smack talk Pocono and stuff like that, which I love Pocono. And I understand that Pocono maybe isn't... when If you're comparing Pocono to Bristol, you'll never, ever be satisfied with Pocono compared to like a Bristol or a Martinsville. Pocono puts on good racing, puts on a lot of strategy, different style of racing. But, right. I mean, I, I kind of thought about it, and I said, look, we need 
it, 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 I kind of came up with this argument in my head. I kind of do this all the time. Like I argue with myself in my head. Um, but I even came up with the conclusion that said, look, for those of you that hate Pocono, I would be willing to shorten this race even more at Pocono, knock it down to a 250 mile race, a hundred laps. It is half of what we used to run at Pocono. I would be okay with running a 250 mile race, a 100 lap race at Pocono. If we got rid of the fucking stages. If we got rid of stage racing, I would be okay with them knocking it down to 250 miles. Hmm. What do you think? That's an interesting proposition. I don't. I don't feel like stages are gonna go away though. I know, and I I hate the stage race. You know what? I, you I, know, I'll tell you what. I don't. I don't hate the stage racing, but I want them to do it differently. I would agree. Fuck. Throw in a yellow. Don't throw a yellow. Leave it green. Take the top ten. Give them their points. Don't stop the race. Like nailed it. Yeah, that's that's how you do the stages. Mm -hmm. Nailed it. I hate breaking up the natural flow of a race. I hate it for competition cautions. I get. The competition cautions the first caution of the race because we're not practicing. I get that. I'm okay with that. But um, I get. It. But and not only that, we're not testing either. Outside of the tire tests, right. so you can only learn so much in the simulator. So yeah, the competition cautions we got to get on board with that right now. Yeah, but stage cautions throw them out the fucking window. I am tired of breaking up the natural flow of a race to end the stage and bunch everybody back up and then and get your fucking you know i know the nfl has commercial timeouts and whatnot that the stages only feel like a commercial fucking caution for for the cup series is really all it is um but i can't i hate breaking up the natural flow of a race if we're gonna if those boys are gonna run caution free let them fucking run caution free i want to see that that's what yeah. race. That's what racing is. I want to see a race. I don't want to see. If I wanted to watch drama, I would fucking watch Desperate Housewives, or I would watch something <laughs> scripted. I'll go watch a movie. I'll go fucking watch this. If I wanted to go see fucking manufactured drama, I want to sit and watch a race. I want to watch racing, and if uh, you know, people's idea of racing is close competition and whatnot and i get it racing is supposed to be close competition but i want to see a race i don't want to see manufactured drama right because then it just turns into you know who can duplicate the best restart time and again exactly and i restarts mean restarts are important but you you know the whole sport is not you know who can get the best restart for and haul ass for two laps restarts should not be the be-all end-all running right. and i mean okay pit stops are indeed important but it was kind of like what they were talking about today the last pit stop of the race joey logano came in to pit lane with denny hamlin you know for the last caution they they made their final stop the only issue is that joey logano got beat out of pit road right he was th the pit stop was three tenths slower than Hamlin's crew, 
and he lost two tenths on pit road compared to Denny Hamlin. The pit stops, the restarts should not be the be all end all of a race. Mm-hmm. Unless you... Hamlin's pit crew, by the way. Hamlin's pit crew was on fire. Yeah, they were. Oh, my God. Oh, my God, were they on fire. It's like, I think almost every stop they had was... 11-8. 11-8, 11-9. I mean, they probably had like a 12-2. But, I mean, that's incredible. That was crazy what they were doing on pit road today. I know at one point in the broadcast, Mike Joy said... They had just put out the. They pulled off the second quickest pit stop in the entire season so far. And I think they. I could have swore they did that two or three times today. Like. Yeah, they were 11 8, 11 9 consistently. I mean, incredible job by the pit crew. I'm not saying that, like, pit stops shouldn't be a part of the sport, but I'm saying, like, if your pit stops, if the pit stops are being decided, like, by two or three tenths, and that's altering the outcome of a race on a restart, it, it shouldn't be that way. You should be able to, like, especially, I get it, if you have a pit road incident or a pit road mistake that takes multiple seconds upon seconds and you lose track position that way. But, I mean, I know it's racing, but two or three tenths on pit road being the be-all, end-all as far as your restarts are concerned... That that to me is not, I mean, it's interesting, but it's that shouldn't be the case. Everything that you have on a race or about a race should be on that track. How your car is, how the driver is. In my humble opinion. Yeah, I mean, you want it to play out with as little interruption as possible because when you do stack them up, when you get yellows and Cautions breathe cautions is a saying for a reason. People get awfully brave, especially near the end of the race. I think back to when Clint Boyer put it three wide with Gordon and Johnson at Martinsville. Uh, that's another race that chaps my ass, but yeah. Yeah, those, I feel like those are the kind of moments NASCAR's inevitably looking to create. Or like Carl Edwards blocking Joey Logano all the way down into wrecking the both of them in 2016 at homestead yeah but the problem and that's you know and that's fine like those moments are moments but the problem is is that if you're trying to create that all the time and all of a sudden you have that happening all the time it gets old it gets old quick I mean, how many times do, even still with all the great moments that we've had from stage racing and restarts and all this stuff that we've had recently, how many times do we go back to that 1992 Hooters 500 where that championship battle, Richard Petty's last race, Gordon's first race, all of that happened naturally and organically. And we say that that is, in my opinion, that's the greatest race in NASCAR history. How many times do we go back to that? It hap- you know why? Because it happened naturally and organically. It was not. It was not predicted. It was not forced. It was not molded. It just. It just is. It just happened to be that way, and it's a beautiful thing to look back on. Yeah, I mean, times were simpler in the '90s. 
I'll yeah. say that. Yes, they were. Uh, I don't think people were trying to galaxy brain how how to create a more dramatic finish. No. Uh, I mean, ratings were, were definitely important back then, but probably not to the extent that they are now. How many mm-hmm. apps can you put in the seat? How many eyes do you have on you on television? How many people are texting about you, tweeting about you? Right. Da, 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 on down the line. Yeah, and I hate that it's it's come to that. It's become... <clears throat> It's not become. It's become more of the. It's a blessing and a curse. I mean, yeah. Look at Harvick's car today. Uh, big kudos to uh, Hunt Brothers Pizza for the QR code. Yeah. That's, you want to talk about sponsorship activation? That's a savvy way to do it. Hell I yeah! I bet you they got a whole lot of action when Harvick hit the wall after blowing that tire. Oh, I'm sure they did. Oh, I'm sure they did. But you know, it just. But it's sad that it's gone that route that. It, we we care more about the eyeballs watching than about the the quality of what we're watching. I guess is that is that a is that a bold statement or a, no, no? That's a fair that's a fair uh, assessment. I would say in wrestling terminology, we're we're going for the cheap pops versus the actual like. The actual They're, content. I'd rather feed you bubble, com- bubble gum than, like, make you a, a three-course meal. Yeah, essentially. That's right. And I, maybe I would I would agree with that assessment. It's just, I don't like I don't like the route that it's gone. And I feel like a lot of it is because NASCAR, and I think the higher-ups are more concerned about sponsorship and the corporations probably wanting to change the way that nascar and the business model is done it could very well be that but i also believe that if we had stuck to our guns and not changed everything in order to do that then you're not gonna go anywhere the 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 sport is the sport will always the key to the sport will always be held with the fans and with um, the key. Uh, what am I trying to say? It would, the 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 fans and the Fan people interaction. The interaction, the fans in the stands, always will hold the key for the marketing side of NASCAR. Always, because. The more fans that you draw eyeballs on, the more people watch the sport, the more people that actually say, man, like, this was good. You know what I'm saying? This was a good race. I think what's going to help with that is think of all the new tracks we're going to this year. Mm -hmm. Not just that they're road courses, but you're going to get more eyeballs on the TV because they know how crazy a road course can be. Exactly. Coda. Coda. Road America. Um, the Roval we've been going to, but look at how bonkers that race is every year. Every year, yeah. It's not disappointed yet. Correct. And you people can bitch about the layout if they want. It's, it's not a true road court. It, it provides similar action, if not better. Mm-hmm. I mean, I agree. Look at how one of my favorite things, I know people like IMSA. I'm not the biggest IMSA guy. Uh, and sports cars, stuff like that. Because I feel like NASCAR puts on the best road course show. Look at 
the body movement of the cars, the aggression with which the car, they, the drivers, it's almost like they're, they're attacking the racetrack, the way these cars yeah. are, are around. Mm-hmm. And just NASCAR on a road course, I just don't see how you can beat it, in my opinion. Yeah, I agree. You can't beat it. The only, the only people that I would, the only series that I would say equals or even probably is better on road courses is probably the V8 supercars. But I also think that NASCAR is also, with this new generation car, is heading in that direction. I think they're heading with, into the direction of the V8 supercars, which will be a, which will be a good thing because the V8 supercars always put on a good show. But I agree with you that the Cup Series on a road course... I mean, F1, okay, yeah, I know it takes skill to drive an F1 car and to be fast in an F1 car, but for the most part, like, it looks easy. And I'll, I'll, be, I'll be the first to say it looks easy because the cars aren't slipping and sliding around a whole lot. Like, there's a ton of downforce, and the cars, they can't run side by side. They're extremely line sensitive. You have to make the pass on the straightaway. If you don't make a pass on a straightaway, you go into the corner side by side, you have exactly what happened today over there at Imola. Like, I guess two guys went to block one into the corner, and they both ended up wrecking, like, ferociously wrecking. Like, NASCAR, you can beat and bang and try to go for the same line, and it's a wonderful show. It is. NASCAR at a road course puts on a fucking awesome show. I would agree with you entirely. Yeah, that race at Imola was, uh, I think that wreck was Valtteri Bottas and George Russell. Yeah, something like that. I mean, essentially, F1 is always going to be F1. V8 Supercars, they're a wonderful show. Uh, Much love to my, my racing counterparts over there in Australia. They do an awesome job over there, but there ain't a better show here in America than stock cars on a road course. I mean, you 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 nailed it exactly. But we, I mean, and it's just to go to show that that's the reason why there's more road courses on the schedule. Like you're talking about, we did the Roval. Now we're going to Road America and Coda. Like the excitement is going to be there. And hopefully these road courses that they've added to this schedule this year, like you alluded to, will put more eyeballs on the product because – Again, the more eyeballs on the product, the more highly rated the product is, the more people talk about it, and the more that people and sponsors and stuff will jump in, you know, because that's the reason why people, if fans leave and fans have left NASCAR in droves the past five or six years, fans have left, ratings are down, the reason why ratings are down, well, not necessarily the reason, but if there's less eyeballs, there's less incentive for sponsors and money to come into the sport because nobody's watching. So you have to, we have to fix the attendance. We have to fix the attendance and the general approval of the sport at this time to build it back up to bring the money back in with sponsorships. You feeling what I'm saying? Yeah. Because that's just, that's just the way it is. The, the fans will always hold the key. The fans will always be the first and the last thing, always, in NASCAR. Yeah, they, they're absolutely the end-all, be-all. I mean, who's paying for the tickets? Who's the one tuning in every Sunday? Who's the one buying gear? Who's the one tailgating for this show? Mm-hmm. You know, who's building an event around going to the racetrack? Exactly. You know, 
people the people are everything to NASCAR. Absolutely. It's just the way that it is. I mean, people, me, you and I, I'm sure, we made our vacations around a NASCAR event. I mean, it's not like we don't take vacations from work to just take a vacation. No, we we literally made a vacation around New Hampshire. Or when we went to Charlotte, we made our vacation around Charlotte. You know what I'm saying? So... And then obviously we're we're I mean we're not just going for the day. There have been days where you and I did do the went to New Hampshire in early in the morning and then drove home from New Hampshire the same day. But if you're doing it properly, you're staying there for multiple days, and you are spending your hard-earned money there. Like you're I've there have been race weekends where I spent two grand at the racetrack, like. You know, renting scanners and buying diecasts and all this other stuff. I've spent two grand on race weekends. Like, just my my opinion is that don't alienate me because I've been a fan and you've been a fan for a long time, and we've been loyally dedicated to NASCAR and what NASCAR originally was and what it's supposed to be. But with all the changes, we're getting alienated. We're, we're getting gentrified, I guess, if I'm going to use the shameless code. We're getting gentrified. We're being pushed out for the new for the new crowd that they're trying to go after. And yeah, I don't I don't know if I'd say I feel pushed out by what NASCAR is doing. Like, I'm I'm interested to see what the new car is going to bring, the new markets that they're going to. I mean, the mentality of some of the moves that they're making, at least the thought process behind it, I question. But... I mean, at the end of the day, I don't know about you, but my passion for the sport kind of outweighs the bullshit that I see going on with it sometimes. I agree. And I mean, we, we're still tuning in Sunday. I mean, we gotta we're here talking about it on our own platform, doing you know, because mm-hmm. it matters that much to us. I so agree. It doesn't it's you? We can get flustered with NASCAR all we want, and we will eventually because do shit that pisses us off as fans that's gonna happen but it's uh to say i feel alienated no it's more like change is constant and it's easier to go with the flow than go against it and see what's gonna come of it you never know what you're gonna get when you walk into it walk into something new with an open mind and we got to give the changes a chance before you can make a proper judgment, you know? So, uh, I, I get the, the point that you're making, but at the same time, like, we've been worried about the health of the sport before, and it's still here going strong. And honestly, I, I feel like with a lot of the young stars on the crop and, or young stars on the rise, like your Blaney's, your Elliot's, uh, Christopher Bell on down the line. And you've still got a really solid old guard, so to speak, of veteran drivers. You know, Roddy Bush, Denny Hamlin, Harvick, MTJ. Like, the sport, to me, I feel like is in a really healthy spot right now. And with room to grow. I would agree. And, I mean, you know, it's not that I'm saying that, uh, I mean... I'm not saying that the sport is... I'm not, not necessarily being alienated, but, like, 
slowly being gentrified because maybe I'm I'm much more steeped in the traditionalist stuff. Like I just yeah, you know, no stages and we should go back to the Winston Cup format and long runs are racing and the short runs are not racing and this, that, the other thing. No, the the, the sport is making good changes. I would agree with it. I feel like since Brian France's bullshit when he got whatever, I feel like the sport has definitely been in the better direction. I just, I don't agree with some of the changes. I do agree with some, actually a lot of the changes, but there's, for some reason, there's a part of me that's just like, man, we need to just go back to what we were. Like what, what we had in the mid two thousands, obviously we can't just go back to that. But there's that nostalgia feeling that's like, we should just go back to that. Like, that's what worked. But obviously, you can't do that. You can't do that. So it's just, it's, it's that, it's that inner battle in, in my mind that I argue with every day. It's like, we should just go back to this. But then, yo, I kind of like the, where we're, the direction we're heading in versus the past three or four years ago. But also at the same time, it's just like, eh, you, 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 you can't be on the fence. You have to pick one side or the other. But I'm having a hard time being on one side or the other. Does that make any sense? Yeah, absolutely. I, I'll say this uh, just to kind of put a bow on today's endeavor. Uh, I got a lot of belief in Steve Phelps, the president of NASCAR. Uh, ever since he's come in, it seems like the sport's been on an upward trajectory. Upward trajectory. Get that word out. Uh I feel like his guy he's more of a boots on the ground guy as opposed to where Brian France was distant. For sure. A lot more. And and that brought a lot more calm to the garage area. I remember people talking about when this when he came into being NASCAR's president. And I don't know how much he listens to other drivers, but I feel Somehow, some way, I feel like Dale Earnhardt Jr. has got the ear of somebody in the business. He better. Uh, he better. <laughs> I'm. I'm just. That might just be me putting something out into the ether, but it. I. You cannot. Downplay the. The cachet that comes with the Earnhardt name. No, and you can't. You and can't. Junior. Say what you want about Junior, because he wasn't as successful as his dad, in a lot of people's opinion. Think about the load that dude had to carry, and that's all I have to say about that. Dale Jr.'s the fucking man. Hell yeah. Um, But Dale Jr. knows what this sport needs more than a lot of people, in my opinion, from what I hear him talk about. He... I, I... I guess what I'm saying is I, I hope Dale Jr. has some kind of role in NASCAR or has some kind of say in the decisions mm-hmm. that they make. I agree. I believe him him and Tony Stewart are the most hands-on people that you could ever have. You need to be – they need to be in somebody's ear because, I mean, even Tony NASCAR Stewart. NASCAR just pissed all over Tony Stewart's shoes. Yeah, they did. I mean, they took that – The truck. The truck's not being at Eldora this year is just – not a good that's, that's not a good thing bullshit that's yeah bullshit. like I, I know they're going to bristol and i know they're going to knoxville but no excuse no 
that should have just stayed at Eldora, and that would be the one special thing that the truck series had. Again, trying to oh, we gotta inject. Well, they got most for it. They got Canadian Tire. Well, yeah, but I'm saying like the truck series. I mean, yeah, the truck series was the only division in the top three that had a dirt race, and it was at Eldora. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. and it yeah. was that was the trucks thing. That was their one thing that they had that no other series had. Like now we have to oh. Okay, that worked. So we gotta give it to the cup guys now. The the the, the cup guys gotta run on dirt now. So like again, kind of what I said to you earlier that 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 exclusivity, that specialness is now worn off. And what I mean, I, now that they're not going to Eldora is a smack in the face to Tony Stewart. Man, that, I couldn't believe that they that that they didn't go back to Eldora. That's ridiculous. Right. I mean, thank goodness for SRX. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's all I got was, uh, and there's always, I mean, we can sit here and say there's always next year, but uh, I don't know. That, ho- hopefully, hopefully they get it worked out for next year, but you never know. There might be a grudge held with things like this. They probably not the uh, smoothest. What's the term? Uh, Smoothest reconciliation period between the two. I mean, no. I'm sure Eldora and Tony Stewart really appreciated, like, having a truck race. I mean, not to say that they, like, bow down to NASCAR or anything like that, but I think I, I'm sure they feel some kind of disrespect, and I can't say I blame them. I wouldn't blame them either. Absolutely not. I mean, and Tony, Tony Stewart... No man, that man he's he's known he's known to be well reserved and not speak his mind. Said nobody ever. Yeah. Oh, bless smoke. Um yes. Anyways, uh are we going to are we going to be back Wednesday or do you want to pick uh we'll we'll pencil in for Wednesday probably. Yeah. I, I'm not I'm not ready to make a pick yet for next weekend yeah no we might pencil in for wednesday i do know that i will not be available next sunday so if we don't do this wednesday it'll probably be next wednesday oh we'll have a lot to cover that yes we will (laughs) right on yeah anyways um thank you very much if you tuned in uh this has been episode three thank you so much for joining us another short track in the books and talladega's next week super speedway time baby oh i love it man talladega uh what can go i mean talladega always a good race man always good exciting cannot wait for talladega man cannot wait yeah there will there will be many a talking point next weekend absolutely and i believe yeah modifieds this week stafford they're back yeah Oh, I can't so wait to we'll see that. We'll get into the mods and all the uh, what's the all the debris from Talladega. Yeah, I'm hoping <laughs> through the inevitable debris field. Yeah, the debris news. field. I'm just really hoping the yellow line's not a controversy again, like it is every fucking time. That's obviously uh, for man, next episode. <laughs> I'll give you something. To, I'll give you one thing to chew on to leave us lead us out on. We should just put a wall all along the inside of the track and, like, just have a lane that they can shoot off of for pit road. I agree. Let's <laughs> do it. See, see what happens. See what happens. That's right. See, I bet see you. Who's got ball. I or guarantee- just do or do away with the line and build a wall next to where the grass is. I guarantee that, you. I don't think they'd ever fucking do that. Though. Even if they did that, we'd still find a way to fuck it up. 
Well, I mean, no matter what, there's going to be some equipment torn up next weekend. You can about guarantee it. Exactly. But so, we shall I see. I expect to be talking about another parking lot next weekend. Yes. We'll see, though. Fingers crossed that it's not going to be too bad. That's right. But... That right. will be for next week. So, again, as Ethan said, thank you very much for tuning in. Episode number three of the R&D podcast, your real home for NASCAR discussion. That was Ethan. I'm Dale. May all you guys have a great rest of your week. Again, congratulations to Alex Bowman on the cup win earlier today. We will see you guys on the next download. Thank you all so much for tuning in. Be safe, have fun, and we will see you guys then.